Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership, change, and personal growth. The goal? To help you lead like never before in your church or in your business. And now, your host, Carrie Newhoff. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the podcast. My name is Carrie Newhoff, and I hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. I hope if you're listening to this in real time when it's released that you had an amazing Christmas and maybe you are in the middle of a couple of days off as I am, which is which is awesome. And so hope it was great at your church. But above all, I hope it was good for you, good for your family, good for your heart, good for you, not just as a leader, but like as a follower of Jesus. I hope it was just and is a really meaningful time and a happy 2017 to you. Hey, we are going to hear from uh, one of the leaders at one of my favorite churches, Church on the Move. And Jared Hogue is with us today. He's going to talk about, uh, you'll love this, all of you who are entrepreneurial, being entrepreneurial in the church and outside of the church. And what do you do with that? It's going to be a great episode to close off 2016. And hey, you know what I'm really excited about? Speaking about a brand new year. This is the time, this is the week where we all take time to reflect and go, okay, what do I want to do differently? And some of you, it's like, oh man, I want to do everything differently. I get that. I've had years like that. And for some of you, it's more like a tweak. It's like, you know what? I'd like to just go to another level. I'd like to find another gear. Some of you want to work less. Some of you want to accomplish more. And the question is, can you do both? And that's why I'm really excited. If you're listening to this on the gap between Christmas and New Year's, the High Impact Leader course is back. It's back starting today, December the 27th, and it is going to be around and open for you to purchase until the 29th, until Thursday. So just three days, today, tomorrow, and the next day, uh, closes Thursday the 29th. But the High Impact Leader course is something I designed to answer the most frequently asked question I get, which is, how do you do it all? How do you work full-time at your church and like speak to church leaders and do this podcast and the other podcast and blog and write books and all of that. And I realized that after I burned out a decade ago, I knew that I had to get to normal again. And by the grace of God, I did. But I also knew that the old normal would lead me back to burnout. And so I spent a lot of time and money kind of looking into coaching and counseling to try to figure out, okay, how do I create a new rhythm? And by accident, stumbled onto some patterns that allowed me to do an awful lot more like that whole list plus more that I just shared and stay healthy as a person and as a Christ follower and as a husband and a dad and a a leader and a friend and actually accomplish way more than I ever thought was possible. And because I got asked that question so often, I thought, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a resource. And that's what birthed the High Impact Leader course. So I go through 10 sessions on video. It's a downloadable course. And while it's only available from the 27th to the 29th of December at the current rate, $119 US, it will come back in the new year for a short window, but at a higher price. And so while it's only available for these three days, and and then again, briefly in the new year at a higher price, once you download it, you can do it whenever you want. You don't have to do it this week. You can do it in January. You can do it over a period of months. You You can save it for later. But I hope that you this would be something that you could head in to a brand new year with. Because I think if you look at your patterns, and I, I want to show you in that course how to get time, energy, and priorities working in your favor, I think you could have a vastly different 2017. So if you want more information, you want to check it out, 
or you want to pick up the High Impact Leader course, you can do so today at the early bird rate at thehighimpactleader.com. That's thehighimpactleader.com. And you can find all the information there. And I, I just, I'm excited for you to try this out. Almost a thousand leaders have, have taken the course so far. So it's really, really exciting to see what's happening in their lives over the last few months. And uh, man, if that would help you, I would be so grateful. And in the meantime, I'm going to continue to do things like this, like interviews that I hope will help you lead like never before. So with that in mind, here is my conversation with Church on the Moves, Jared Hogue. Well, Jared, welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad you're here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got yourself into this uh, awesome place of like being an entrepreneur and a church leader in an area of tremendous responsibility and one in transition as well. Yeah. So, well, first off, Carrie, it's an absolute honor to be on your show. I'm a huge fan. I can't say I've listened to every episode, but uh, I, I, I'm an avid follower of yours, your blog, as well as the podcast. They're, they're just incredible resources. Our team here at Church on the Move leverages both of them frequently. And so, uh, oh, and just to, to, oh man, no kidding. Uh, and just to be uh, in the company of leaders uh, as well as yourself, I can't tell you how much of an honor uh, it is to, to, to be on the show. Um, but, uh, my, my start in ministry, I, I, uh, I'm not the person that, that knew what I wanted to do all growing up Right at the end of high school. Actually, I had gone through several different things that I thought I wanted to do with my life. At one point I wanted, thought I wanted to be an accountant, which, uh, which would be (laughs) a terrible fit for me. Uh, I wanted to be a professional hockey player at one time. Um, and, and then crazy enough, I had taken a friend to church with me, uh, at a big event my youth group did. And, um, at the, at the end of the, or at the end of the worship set, my youth pastor asked me to come up on stage and just pray over the night, which wasn't abnormal. He had done that several times before. And so I hopped up there, I prayed over the service. And then the next day at work, one of my friends, his name is Joe that I had taken to, uh, to the event. He just said, uh, Hey, are you going to, you going to do what that, what that other guy did? And it took me a while to deduce what he was talking about. But he was talking about what my youth pastor does. And it was at that moment, I was working at the all-star diner of all places, uh, as a, as a waiter. And when he said that the light bulb went on that like ministry is the route that, that I'm called to. And so, wow. uh, so that, that kind of set me on the path. And then, and that, I think that was the summer after my senior year of high school. And so, uh, I did not have things figured out, uh, which I, I, I think it's a, a bit absurd that we expect 18 year olds to know what they want to do with the rest of their life. <laughs> yeah, no uh, kidding. Um, but, uh, but man, that, that really that turned the lights on for me. And so I started heading down that path and, and, um, was planning to go to Oral Roberts university in Tulsa. That's where all my siblings had gone. I'm the youngest of five kids. And so I was planning on, you know, kind of follow, following suit with the family. And then my sister, uh, her and her husband attended church on the move and told me about an internship program that the youth ministry has. And so I applied for it. It was after the deadline. So I didn't even know if there was a shot I could make it. And lo and behold, uh, I apparently fooled them into accepting me And uh, <laughs> at 17 years old. I packed up everything I had, which wasn't very much and moved to Tulsa and, uh, got plugged in here at church on the move interned for two years. Uh, and then at the end of my internship, my boss, who was a huge mentor to me, um, still credit him to this day for, for much of who I've become. And he looked at me and said, man, we'd love to keep you, but we don't have a job for you. <laughs> so, so that was it. That was that, it. You yeah. moved all the way and, yep. and they didn't have anything for you. Yeah. So it was from that though, that I, I, uh, I went out and I just got a job and here in the, in the city and, and stayed plugged in. I stayed volunteering here at the church. 
um, which in, in, it was actually during that time then that I, I uh, got exposed to kids ministry. Uh, the, one of the children's pastors here at the church at that time approached me. I was still volunteering with youth. He approached me and said, hey, I think you'd be a good fit over in our fifth and sixth grade program. And so I was kind of doing double duty uh, for a while, doing youth and kids, and uh, just had a blast with both. And so mm. that's uh, that's kind of a nutshell version. All in all, I've been on staff now at Church on the Move for six years, um, not consecutively, but a total of six years. And it was actually, um, I think it was God, it was the reason why I didn't get hired the first go around is going out into, into a marketplace job. Um, it actually helped me start my first, I say my first legitimate business uh, but even as a kid, I was an entrepreneur. And so okay. um, um, I had a, a pretty thriving gum business at school. A gum I, business? Yeah. What, you would, made your I, own in somebody's bathtub. Isn't that how Wrigley <laughs> did it or something? I don't know. I seem to remember that. That's incredible. That's kind of gross, but incredible. It is that's gross. The case. I think that's how Wrigley, I mean, somebody will Google this and email me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think Wrigley actually would make it in his bathtub. And if wow. I remember the story right, he was a salesman and his goal was not to make gum. It was like to just actually have something he could give his clients oh, to wow. kind of break the ice. And then they liked the gum more than the product he was selling and the rest is history. But anyway, so you're a gum That's salesman. Incredible. You don't hear this. What were you doing? <laughs> like dealing gum in the lockers or, yeah, or what? Yeah. Okay. So I would just go buy gum at the store and then sell it for more than I paid for it. <laughs> and uh, My son did that with Coke in high school. Coca-Cola, not, yeah. not the other kind of Coke. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Thank you for clarifying. No, Coca-Cola. You know, he'd just go to the grocery store and buy a case and then sell them for a buck each to his friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's incredible. 50 cents if you're a buddy. Yeah. And that's basically what I did. And then uh, that led to other things. I did, uh, of course, lawn lawn care. uh, And then living up in Illinois, when it snowed, much like Canada, it actually stays we're here in Tulsa. That's not the case. And so a a buddy of mine and I started a, a snow removal company. Um, where we would just go knock on doors and, Hey, will you pay us to remove snow from your driveway? And, and that was actually pretty successful. And, um, and, uh, and it was really through that, I I began to realize like, it's more about relationship than it is actually the product that you're selling. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, it it was crazy. We had, we had done, uh, printed up uh, Christmas cards to the clients we had from the previous year before it had even snowed. And, um, this one lady, I think she would normally pay us like 20 bucks to remove the snow. And because of that Christmas card, she ended up paying us like three times what she normally would just because she was so blown away that a couple of high school kids would take the time to give her a Christmas card. And so it was. Uh, so, so, so I got to stop you. How did you learn that? Like, was that just innate? I mean, this is pre podcast. This is yeah. pre everything. I mean, you're not listening to Pat Flynn while you're blowing <laughs> snow, right? No, so what, Pat what, Flynn is amazing. Yeah, he uh, really is. Uh, you know, I, Carrie, I don't have a good answer for that. I, I, mm. I can only give credit to God on that because neither one of my parents were really entrepreneurs. I have incredible, incredible parents. Um, yeah. They have been my biggest fans my entire life, and I, I'm so eternally grateful for everything that they've done for me. Uh, I got my work ethic from my dad. I mean, the guy, he, he's just a beast. He is an absolute huh. beast. Um, and then I, I think I think my my bulldog mentality actually comes from my mom. And so um, I, but you know, I don't know. I, my dad was a blue collar worker his whole life and just had an amazing attitude about it. Um, the only place I can give credit really is it's to God. I mean, it, I think it's innately in me that he, he wired hmm. me as an entrepreneur. You and were created so, that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is I can't take credit for any of it. I'm not, sm- I'm not that smart. I promise. 
Right. Um, I'm just not afraid to do anything. That I think that's that's what sets me apart from some other people. And I, I have no fear in trying new things. Um, and even walking up and knocking on somebody's door and just saying, "Hey, can I can I clear this the, the snow from your driveway?" That, that never scared me. Um, and so, so yeah, I don't I don't have like a I read a book because and I that's the thing is I didn't even start reading books until I moved to Tulsa. Um, hmm. And my my mentor here at the church, he he's the one. Like you need to be a lifelong student, and that's what set me on the course to reading books. And and now, listen, I love podcasts. Love yeah, me podcasts. too. So, so yeah. Redeems a lot of time, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. it does. Well, th- see, that's fascinating. How old are you now, Jared? Uh, just You're, turned 33. Yeah. Yeah. So young guy, still young leader. Um, and all of a sudden you have all this responsibility. So currently mm-hmm. the job that as we speak, this will, you'll have made the move by the time this hits the air. Yeah. Um, you're, you've talked about the church that didn't, you started as an intern mm-hmm. and then they didn't have an opportunity for you. Let me ask you this. Why did you not quit? Why did you just like not walk away and go, oh, well, church on the move. You haven't got room for me. I guess I'm going to move on. Man, that's a great question. I think it goes back to what I said a second ago. I'm not that smart. Um, I think I was too dumb to leave, honestly. <laughs> um, that's great. That's I, I just, great. I, I fell in love with church on the move when I got here, honestly, um, with the leadership that was here and the people that were pouring into me and the friendships I had developed and, and at the time, too, uh, I'm the youngest of five kids. I've got amazing siblings that I'm very close with to this day. Um, and I, that's the thing. They're all so much smarter than I am. Um, they all have college degrees. I don't. Um, but but they three of, three of the four of them lived in Tulsa at the time. So I think that played a big part in me staying was just I love my siblings uh, probably more than just about anybody else. And so that, that played cool. a big role for me. So how long were you in exile for where you couldn't work for the church you loved? <laughs> I think I was gone for, oh man, I think it was about five years. I think it was about okay. five years that I was gone. And, I, and then I worked here two more years and then left again. And then I've been back here on staff again for two two years at the time of this recording. Yeah. And what, um, you've got a lot of responsibility. So what yeah. are you over right now as you sort of start something new? Yeah. Um, so right now I have been, uh, man, it's been such an honor to, uh, I oversee the kids ministry here at the church. So babies through fifth grade, uh, is what I oversee for we, at the time of this recording, we have three campuses. And so I oversee, uh, the kids ministry for all three campuses. Yeah. And that's a, how many kids would you see on a Sunday? You see a lot. We do. It's a little over 2000, I believe, um, just in our kids ministry uh, between the three campuses. Yep. So you're in, in charge of all of that. And mm-hmm. you've had, I know we got a lot of uh, next gen people listening, whether that's in student or kids ministry. Mm-hmm. You've had some success in recruiting volunteers, haven't you? You know, it's it's been a crazy journey. So um, when I came on staff two years ago, my boss, Pastor Greg Scott, he, he offered me to come on and run. I was actually working part time at one of our other campuses. Uh, I started the fifth and sixth grade ministry there. And then he asked me to come run the uh, fifth and sixth grade ministry at our central campus. Uh, got here. I did that. I was planning on doing that for years. And then a couple months in, he said, Hey, we need to make a change. We need somebody as our creative director and to run our elementary department. Will you do it? Um, and once the shock kind of wore off, I, I agreed and, and, uh, took that on. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, church on the move is, is known for how creative, uh, we've been and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we've, our, the, the leadership here has done some unbelievable things. And, mm. and over these past couple of years with Whit George, 
uh, transitioning to uh, from the the arts director of our church to the executive director of our church, um, some of our focuses have started to shift and change um, to where it's it's uh, it's a lot less about a, a great production and a mm-hmm. lot more about the people. Um, and and um, so I think I think uh, some of some of the success I guess that that God has given us has been through um, the right time, uh, right time, right place kind of thing. And, uh, so yeah, about, uh, 18 months ago or so, I, I, uh, I adopted a Chris Hodges mentality uh, and that again, it came from my boss, but we don't have a job to do. We have a team to build and that our focus is not to do the work of the ministry. Like it says in Ephesians four twelve. our job is to equip people to do the work of the ministry. Totally. And, and um, it, it's been an incredible journey. And so, you know, with such high standards here at the church, it's it, how do you balance allowing uh, new people that are maybe going to do it at 50% or 85% of how you would do it? Um, how do you balance that? And so, you know, I just took an audacious step and said, it came up with this mantra for our team. And it's a little crass, but it's just embrace the suck. Embrace the <laughs> suck. Like, it's not. It's it's okay that it's not going to be good for a while, and, right. and 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 the thing is, it was very it was a very short while, Carrie. That as we began to call people out in their giftings, and it's I can't even say it so much that we recruited a ton of people, mm-hmm. but it's more so that we went from people just holding doors to people owning ministry. Um, and, and, and this isn't anything new. Tons of other churches do this. My pastor, Pastor Willie George, started, I mean, he's the pioneer when it comes to children's ministry. And so yeah. a lot of what we're doing, it's not new stuff. It was just embracing what has been done. And I mean, the scripture says it. there's nothing new under the sun. Let's break that down. Yeah. How did you make the transition from, you know, your job is to hold a door to people yeah. like owning ministry? What was... Because I think almost every leader listening goes, I would like more people to own ministry, and they're <laughs> yeah. stumped as to why it doesn't happen. Tell me about that. You know, Carrie, honestly, and, and this isn't to blow smoke uh, towards you, but a lot of this really did come from you. I, Wit had actually told me about you. He sent me a podcast, one of your early podcasts. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't even remember the episode long ago. And then um, I was at Orange Conference. It would have been 2015. Yeah. and. Uh, I stumbled across, I happened to walk down, there was a wing separate from the rest of the, the conference, and there was a senior track going on down there. And you were teaching... Uh, yeah, we huddled this, in the corner. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you were teaching seven, seven, oh man. Oh, the high capacity volunteer yes, stuff? Yes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I what still came, teach that talk. Yeah, what you came on our podcast and talked about, and and a lot of that really helped that, that high capacity people are attracted to high capacity roles. And, mm-hmm. and if you want to attract leaders, let them lead. Um, and so that, that was a lot of it. Um, You're kidding me. Okay. Just so people know, I did not set this up. I had no <laughs> idea that this was coming. I just was asking a question. Yeah. All right. And, and well, I, that's I, that's what, I, I genuinely mean it when we say your podcast has been so helpful. Yeah. I, I mean that with every fiber of my being. And so I think it was probably Frank Beeler. We talked about high capacity volunteers in yeah. episode 20, early days of the podcast. And yep. he's been on a couple times and, yep. and that was a highly uh, downloaded episode. And then I went on to write about that in my last book, Lasting Impact, too, if yep. people want more. It's, I think, chapter four, something about high capacity volunteers. So really, so it's that simple about like being organized uh, getting high capacity people around high capacity yep. people. Don't yep. let them off the hook. 
give them give them a significant challenge. People with significant gifting respond to significant challenge. Those are some of the principles behind it. Absolutely. Um, wow. And so nice to know it, this stuff works. Absolutely. <laughs> and and I, I I can't endorse your book enough too. I mean, lasting yeah. impact, folks. You need to go get this book. It's it is phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, th- that kind of stuff really wow. helped. The conversations with Frank have been so helpful. Same year when I when I sat in your session, I actually met Frank at Orange Conference. And um, again, this goes back to I think I'm too too dumb to know this is maybe not the right way to do it. I just walked up to him and asked him for his phone number. And Frank and I have been in, <laughs> been in touch ever since. Like he's such a good dude, and he really he, is. He's been on on my show as well, and he's been so instrumental and so helpful. He texted me the other day, just on a Sunday morning, was just like, "Hey, man, I'm praying for you. Is there anything specific I can be praying for?" And I can't tell you how much that means. That uh, is so Frank. That yeah. is so Frank. That's who he is. And you know, like you, he keeps getting promoted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're in charge of all of children's ministry. You know, the guy who couldn't get a job, right? Because there was no job, all of a sudden is in charge of all of next gen on all the campuses at Church on the Move. Yeah. And and that's good to know. So were your leaders shocked when you started to introduce some of those principles? Did or what happened? They just kind of responded and they they started owning it. You know, I think they were hungry for it. I don't think anybody wakes up every day and just thinks man, I, I want this to be an average kind of day. Um, and I just from working in the marketplace, you know, you talk to people and, and the, the, always the intro question is, hey, how's it going? And then you've got people that their typical response is, you know, it's another day, another dollar. Uh, yeah. another, another day in paradise, said sarcastically. Another uh, mm. uh, colorful phrases that they would say. And, and I just, you know, that always just pained me on the inside because it's just like, man, there's so much more to life and God placed a gift inside of you that he's wanting you to use. And, and if you would just find that and it, your life would be so much better. Anyways, so I, I just believe that all people have that inside of them, that they they long for that, that they're they're looking for that. And, and so, you know, we began to call gifts out in people. Um, in fact, that guy we just hired, not, I don't know, maybe two, three, four weeks ago, um, he's now our production director for Kids on the Move. And he was a guy about a year ago. Um, I looked at him and I just said, it was when we were starting to open the gates to allow volunteers to be communicators. And I just said, hey man, would you be interested in communicating? And we had a tiered system in place for how we uh, leverage our, our communicators in the kids ministry. You start out co-hosting a game out in the audience. So you're not even up on stage and, and all of that. So, but you're getting comfortable, you know, on the mic and, and hearing yourself talk and your voice coming through the speakers and um, and so he was just like, you know, I, I think I'd be okay hosting the game, but, and he stopped me. He goes, but I want you to ne- know, I never want to do a message ever. And then fast forward nine months, he's doing a message. And so, surprise, surprise. yeah, and, but it started and now, now he's on our team, he's on our staff, but that started by calling a gift out in somebody. And as leaders, that's, that's our whole job. It's not about how great we are. It's not about how much we can do. Our job is to give it away and to empower these people and to call it out. And and my whole thing, Mark Cuban says this, that especially when you're young, your job is to experience as much as you possibly can. He says he's been fired from more jobs than most Mm -hmm. people will have in their entire life. And and I, I couldn't agree with him more. 
get out there and explore. You don't know what you don't know. Like that's such a John Madden statement, but you don't. And so get out there and find out what's available to you. Try some new things. And, and here's the crazy thing with it is that this was, this is a risk. I mean, you're taking a risk when you're putting someone else in the pulpit and letting them speak or sing or run production or whatever the case may be, or lead a room and oversee a team. There's always risk involved in this. Always. But I love and I love your step system because you're right. If you start hosting a game in the audience with a microphone, that's pretty low risk. Yeah. Um, both for the volunteer, but also for the church, right? Mm-hmm. Because often we think of this in a zero sum game. We think it's binary. It's either yep. you're giving the message on a Sunday morning or you're sitting in the back row with a muzzle. Yep. Right. Yep. And and the truth is always somewhere in between. You need environments to get started and hosting can be a role, you know. That's so good. That's so practical. And you went from what, almost none to like 58 volunteer communicators on your team? Yeah. So I think when I figured out at the beginning of 2015, we had 15 communicators, but of that seven or eight of them were on full-time staff. So we only had like seven or eight volunteer communicators at the time, uh, where fast forward to today. And I can't even, one thing you've got to know, Carrie, is I've got an unbelievable team. Uh, mm. that, that I work with here. Um, like legitimately, the people that I work with here, Dan, Abby, Roman, I mean, th- just an unbelievable team of people that yeah. have, have stepped up to the plate, that have bought into this vision and ran with it. And, and again, this is another one. It goes back to what, to what something I, I came across, I think, in your Instagram feed. But as leaders, our job is to stay focused on the why. Um, and, and I know that's nothing new, but it, but it really spoke to me that lived on my, as you can see this whiteboard behind me, it lived on my whiteboard forever. And because mm. as a leader, I feel like, you know, sometimes I, am I, am I, am I quali- Like, am I justifying what I'm getting paid here? Cause I don't really feel like I'm doing anything. Um, cause I'm not preaching a message anymore. I'm not necessarily writing a script or, right. or uh, anything like that, but but I just got, have an unbelievable team of people that as I stayed focused on the why and as, as my boss, Pastor Greg, stayed focused on the why, that this team that, that rallied around this vision to push forward, to empower people, and, and to make it happen. And so really, it, it, it's it's kudos to them for, for stepping up to the plate and recruiting these people and calling those gifts out in people um, and allowing them to step up to the plate. And you know, with that risk that you take with stuff like this, it, there's there's uncomfortable conversations will follow. Um, there's mm. people we've had to tell, look, this isn't this isn't your gift. We'll we'll give you a shot, but in in the long haul, we've seen this isn't your gift. And so we now we're not asking you to leave our team, but we want right. to help you find what is the right niche for you. Um, and so it can lead to certainly some uncomfortable conversations. But so yeah, 58 communicators today. Our singing team I think went from eight. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It was at 15, um, till today we are at 39, um, on our singing team. Wow. And we were, we were at a place where we were, we were scrambling to get people plugged in. We went to more of a homeroom system where people live in an environment to where now small groups are the most important thing. You're a small group leader and communicating or singing or whatever you do, that is just a skill you bring to the room, but you're a small group leader first. Um, and so that's been a big deal. And then we took our production team. This is incredible. And this is kudos to, uh, we had a guy on our team, his name's Ethan Scott. And he uh, he came on, bought into this vision and just like a stinking bulldog, he took that team from just a few and some of them were even paid part-time uh, till today. We're at, I think at the height, we were at like 28 part, uh, volunteer production teams. 
And the crazy thing is, is a lot of them are like seventh grade, eighth grade students. No that way. Are owning these environments and doing a phenomenal job, doing a phenomenal job. And I'm so excited about that because, man, they're, they have ownership in the church at 12, 13, 14 years old that, I, I mean, according to the whole Orange strategy, that which is what we our children's ministry philosophy is based off of, um, how much we're mobilizing them now, not just when they get to high school, they're mobilized now. Um, how much mm. more love are they going to have for the church um, when that time comes to graduate to where we want to break that statistic? We don't want 70% of our kids walking away from the church. We want to keep them engaged in the church. Well, and as Reggie Joyner says, people won't believe that they're significant until you give them something significant to do. And that's what you're doing, mm. right? They're finding their so significance. Um, man, that's that's so inspiring. But you are in a, se- a season of transition. Yeah. Tell it's, us about that. It's crazy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess about a year ago, my wife Ashley and I... Um, we started wrestling with this idea. My brother-in-law and my sister uh, have moved up to Boston to plant a church. And about a year ago, we started wrestling with the idea of, uh, are we to go up and help them? And uh, as we started taking steps over this past month, we've realized that this is, in fact, what God wants us to do. Um, and so we're uh, we're going to pack up and leave Oklahoma, what, what I've known for the past 15 years now. Wow and go plant a church up in what I'm told is one of the most difficult regions of our country <laughs> to plant a church. Well, ask Josh Gagnon or Matt Tuning, who have been guests on the podcast. They'll tell you it's hard, but it's not impossible. Now, right. you told me before we started recording that you actually went to Boston for the first time in your life. Yep. Like you basically said yes before you even saw the city. Pretty much. It's, it's kind of a crazy journey. You know, I, I'm... This is, again, I think it comes down to where I, I'm not that smart. And uh, if God says go, it's time to go. And yeah. um, and that's what my wife and I both feel. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, Carrie. I, I've fought this for a while. Things were going so well here at Church on the Move. Um, I've, got, I've got a voice. I've been given a ton of responsibility thanks to our leadership here at the church. Um, and it, it wasn't the easiest decision to make because it was just like, you know, I'm at an influential church. Um, and so to step oh, away yeah. from that and to go somewhere where nobody knows you, um, but that's not what it's about. It's about making his name great, not making my name great. So that's Good why we're for going. You. Good for you. Well, I wish you all the best. And I mean, hey, we need more church plants. We need leaders stepping into areas that have been a little bit harder to reach. Yeah. I want to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about this um, desire that you've got for entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. I know you had told me a while ago that, that, you know, this post I wrote on entrepreneurs versus shepherds in the church really resonated with you, yes. but you've got, you call it the six day project. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Sure. Well, and, and, you know, I, I hope I don't get you any hate mail from this comment, Carrie, but I, <laughs> I don't see the church in the business world as different. And, and let me clarify that real quick. Um, business done properly is not different than the church. Um, I know a lot of people see business as greasy or grimy and that they're only out for the bottom line. Um, and, and, and there is an element of that. Businesses can't continue without focusing on the bottom line, of course. But if you think about it, neither can a church. It right. takes money to reach people. And so... Um, I agree with that. I agree so, with you. So I, what I love, what I would love to see is more churches operate like businesses and more businesses operate like churches. 
and that businesses need to operate and with the focal point of loving people. I mean, Jesus said it best, love God, love people. You do that, you're going to be successful. Now, those are four easy words to say. There's a lot of weight behind both of them, which is why he's given us 66 books in the Bible to define mm-hmm. what all of that means. But um, I, I just would love to see more business operate like churches and churches operate like business. Um, and, and as far as the six-day project, that's something I, I stole from my, my pastor, Willie George, that um, he did a series years ago. It may still be out on the Church on the Move podcast feed. Uh, it was a series called Profit is Not a Dirty Word. And mm. um, uh, he talks about having a six-day, he calls it a six-day principle. Um, but basically his whole thing is that like, if you want to go above and beyond, you can't just do what's expected of you and expect great things to happen from that. You've, if you want to be above average, you've got to do more than the average person does. And average in America anyways, it's 40 hours a week, sometimes less. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you're only going to put in 40 hours, you can expect 40 hours in return. And that's not a bad thing. If that's your, if that's your jam, go sure. for it. Sure. Uh, but I know for me, like that, that's not what I want. Like, uh, as, as amazing as my parents were, we grew up, I, I, we, we certainly weren't, I wasn't poor. Like I, I wasn't poor growing up, but we didn't take like trips to Disney and things like that. And I, I don't begrudge my parents for it at all. They did the absolute best that they could. I'm eternally grateful for them, but I, I just, you know, I wanted to do something more for my family and my kids. And, and it, it's, it's not just about money it, to me. It's all people it's all yeah. about people and how can I help people? Um, and so, as far as the six-day project goes, it's basically just something beyond your 40 hours, uh, your 40 hours a week that you're doing that helps you make money or or find fulfillment or whatever that that key to happiness is for you. Like it, it's just whatever it is beyond your 40 hours. For some people, um, they love fantasy sports. For me, it's a total waste of time. Like yeah. I'm, just, I'm not interested in it. And so, um, uh, so for me, you know, for the past decade, I think it's been at least a decade now. I've had some sort of six day project. Some people like to fix up houses. Some people will work overtime at their jobs. Right. Um, I love the idea of owning a business and and mm-hmm. having having some control over what I do and having the ultimate decision power and and that kind of thing. And so I've thoroughly enjoyed that. I started like it was in 2006, I think, somewhere in that arena. I started an auto detailing business, um, and I did that. Oh, wow. Uh, I did that for eight years. Most of, I did it for a while full time. Uh, partway through, uh, I think I did it total for about eight years and, uh, building it up as a side project. I was able to sell that book of business off two years ago. Um, really? Yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. It was an amazing experience. That was something I'd never done before was I, I not, not only did I sell a product, I sold a business. Um, and yeah, so, and that's rare. I, I don't know what the stat is, but you know, a lot of people just wind down their businesses. But yeah, it means that you actually had goodwill in the business. It means that you actually had a product that was, you know, somebody would pay money for. Yeah, so that was super cool. And you know, I, I'm just a firm believer that like this is something that everybody should do. Uh, people say that Google allows you 20 percent of your work time to focus on your own stuff. I've heard other people say that's not quite true, but their whole the whole reasoning behind it is that you're willing to risk things for yourself that you may not be mm-hmm. able to risk at your full-time job. I would agree with you fully. I don't know whether everybody has to do it, but I mean, for me, that was the blog and the podcast a few yeah. years ago. It's just like, this is a hobby. I'm going to do this 
you know, evenings, day off, weekend, early morning before my first meeting. And it's amazing what God can do in the midst of it. And you don't know what you're capable of until yep. you try. Yep. And that's the beautiful thing with it. Whatever that thing is, I think the, the biggest piece of advice I would give to anybody is like, don't be afraid, just start. Mm. Um, because that's that's always the greatest hurdle to starting a business. I've helped a couple of friends lately start some side projects. A, a friend of mine, uh, he's actually my godson. He just graduated from high school and he started a detail company. And wow. he's he's seen some great success just in a few months. And asking him, I just said, what was your, what was the hardest thing? And he was just like, it was starting. And I said, now looking mm. back, is this that difficult? And he said, no, not at all. Um, and same thing, uh, the guy I was talking about earlier that led our production team here, he started a side project and it was the same thing. Uh, the hardest part was just starting. Um, and I don't know if it's the fear of failure. There's some kind of fear that stops people, whether it's fear of what other people think of you, whatever the case may be. I just think that side project could be a breakthrough for you. It, it can is help it, you. Is it, isn't that interesting? What do you think of the concept minimum viable product? Like you've heard that in entrepreneurial circles, right? This idea that, um, you know, you don't have to have a perfect product. It shouldn't be awful, but it's just like mm -hmm. minimum viable. What is the minimum we need to do to ship it? Yep. And, and comment on that because I think a lot of people have difficulty figuring out what that is. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think that's a, a huge trap that a lot of people fall into is I've got to have the perfect plan before I start. Or I've got to have the perfect product before I start. Um, and it, it's just not true. Um, my, my senior pastor, it's another one. I, I've gleaned a lot from him over the years, being under his leadership now for 15 years. He has a principle, just ship it, just ship it. It, yep. it may not be perfect, just ship it. And, and I, I can't agree with that anymore. Um, just get it out there because Mike Tyson said it. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. And you <laughs> you never know. You will never know uh, what's going to happen until you can have the best plan on paper. But as soon as it hits people, you never know what's going to happen. You will never know. I can tell you when I started the detail company, I was showing up to people's house in, in shorts and a t-shirt. I literally had my detail stuff in like cardboard boxes. Like <laughs> this was just like terrible super high business. End, eh? yeah, super high end. Terrible business. And so, you know, but before I ended it, I, I was, um, I was actually picking up vehicles and bringing them back to my shop. And when I say shop, I use that very loosely. It was my house. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but I would go pick up the vehicle in a suit and so I can't, I mean, I remember picking up this lady's vehicle and she got off the phone and looked at me and goes, man, they make you dress nice. Little did she know I'm they, I'm the only person <laughs> in the company. And so, but it, awesome. but we, that's the thing is our, our, our product, our service wasn't that amazing. I just found ways and it's through this principle of standing on the shoulders of giants. I had three businesses that I looked at that I loved how they operated and, and modeled my business, took the principles that I could and put them in place when it comes to auto detailing. And it worked to, to the end. Like you said, I was able to sell the business off even when I was done with it. I was making money for like a year and a half after I sold the business. It was incredible. You know, it's so, it's so interesting about launching or shipping. Um, I got interviewed earlier this week when we're recording this by Jeff Henderson from yeah. Gwinnett Church. He's launching a new podcast called um, Launch University. And yeah. fascinating. But he asked me about all, he said, Carrie, all you do is launch stuff. And I'm kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. That's true. But, you know, even Lasting Impact, the last book I wrote, which yeah. you referenced, 
Uh, it was a book I wrote because I didn't have time to write a book. And it came out of a New Year's Day blog post where I was going to have a first draft of sort of a proposal by New Year's Day. And I spent lots of time with my family, so I didn't get it done. And I wrote a blog post that was like, here's seven conversations every church staff should have. And then I linked back to like, I don't know, 21 blog posts over the, you know, in the course of the post. It's like, talk about why your church isn't growing, read these five posts, you know, talk about why you're not engaging high capacity volunteers, uh, you know, read these five posts. And then when I was done, I kind of thought, you know, this could be the outline for a book. So I emailed a partner of mine. He said, do you think we could turn this into a book? We hired an editor. She gave us an amazing first draft. I rewrote it. And literally uh, less than 100 days after I had that idea, we had a minimum viable product. Wow. We launched galley copies. And we didn't have high expectations for the book, but it's tripled sales um, estimates. And it's not all in the oh sales. It's in the stories where people are going, my goodness, this is helping us so much. Or we're finally yeah. able to have the conversations we need to. And it's like, God, I had no idea you would use something like that. <laughs> that honestly, on New Year's Day was a thought. Yep. And, you know, now we've got a book that that has done incredibly well. It's It's not been out for a year quite yet, but like, I'm just blown away. And I and I talked to so many leaders, even with blogging. So I'm giving you a long amen. But, you know, they're like, what do I need to do to blog? And I'm like, okay, I had a $79 theme. That's all I bought. And then I started writing three times a week. And they're like, well, I got to get a designer. I didn't have a designer. I had a yep. theme. And I mean, my blog hit over a million readers, even after that theme was out of date and it wasn't supported by the WordPress company wow. anymore. You know, and so it's like, it's not... It's not that you need the perfect product. You don't need perfect conditions. You just need to do it. So, yep. sorry, I, you tapped into some passion there, Jared. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's incredible. I think that is absolutely amazing that what started is just such a simple idea that I'm guessing in your mind wasn't even like, a, like to you as an ordinary blog post. And I, yeah. I think I think most people think like it's this wave of inspiration that comes through and just smacks you. And it's just, <laughs> oh my gosh, I've got this huge vision for this. And there may be moments of that, no. but at least from my experience, that's not the norm. It starts I, I'm, with that I'm writing spark. a new book right now. It's called Discipline. It's not called Inspiration. It's called <laughs> Discipline. It's like, yes. are you going to get up early? Are you going to write? Because if you don't yes. write, books don't write themselves. So your, your latest incarnation is the Creative Sheep sort of endeavor, website, yes. podcast. Tell us about yep. that, how that got started and, and what you're doing in that. Harry, that's another beautiful example of what we're talking about here. So my business partner, Roman Johnson, and I actually, that whole thing, the story of how that was all born is kind of crazy. So uh, back, back when he and I were both working at the church, it was somewhere in the 2008, 2010 timeline, uh, Saturday Night Live had their digital shorts with uh, Andy Samberg and um, his whole crew were yeah. at the at the height. So the 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 rap videos like Lazy Sunday on a boat, things like that were at their at their pinnacle. And um, Roman and I both, contrary to my appearance, we both love hip hop, just love it. Got it. Um, and uh, I was working in our young adult ministry at the time, our college age group. And I, I went to my boss at the time, who was actually my brother-in-law, the guy I'm going to start help start his church. And uh, I said, hey, I want to make one of these for, uh, it was called Varsity at the time. And I was expecting there to be like a conversation, like, hey, let's flesh this out. And he looked at me and just goes, okay, do it. And that was it. Love it. And so I got with Roman and we, we put one together. 
And I remember the night we were going to air it. It was a Wednesday night. The room we were in wasn't very big. There were maybe 150, 200 students in the room. And right before we went to air it, there was no like scriptural value to this. It was just a fun piece. Um, I love the admission. No scriptural value to this at all. Really, there wasn't. Uh, But we had a lot of fun making it. And I remember standing in the sound booth feeling like like I was going to vomit. I was so nervous that this could either be good or it was just going to be just awful. And it was the first thing we'd done in that age group that when the video ended, we got a standing ovation from it. You're kidding. No. And kids, and, kids are the worst critics. Right, right. And college kids at that. High, upper high school, senior, yeah, There are no golf in claps in right. that environment. And then it, I can't say it went viral uh, because it didn't take the internet by storm, but at Oral Roberts University, a college here in Tulsa, it went viral there. And within just a mm. couple of weeks, it had like 5,000 views. That's great. Um, and so it was just crazy. And so we had a lot of fun doing it. We decided to do another one for Christmas. We did another one for Christmas. And then uh, that following March, we had gone to a conference down in Dallas. And on our way back in Okmulgee, Oklahoma, it was the last Dairy Queen before you got to Tulsa. We stopped there Gotta and um, uh, walked out of the restroom. And I, I walked up to Roman and I said, I just had a crazy idea. I said, I think we can make some money with these rap videos. What do you think? And it was me, him, and another guy were working on them at the time. And I talked to both of them, told them the idea. I said, let's commit to making one of these a month for fun, and let's see what happens. And so we entered a couple of contests. Um, uh, we we had we won. Uh, we entered a co- Aflac contest that. Uh, we didn't win the contest because it was based on public opinion, but we won Aflac's vote for the best video. And then we took about a three or four month hiatus on him and then came back and actually I, I had talked to him and I said, what if rather than entering a contest, what if we just made one for like a big corporation or a big company and just hope that they pick it up, just hope that they do. So we started talking about this idea and we decided I, I had an infatuation with Chick-fil-A at the time mm-hmm. and um, we decided to, to write a love song to Chick-fil-A. That of course the the day you want Chick Fil A the most is on Sunday. It's when they're closed, <laughs> and so we wrote a song called "See You on Monday," and we launched it on YouTube. Just put it out there, and it took off. Really? Um, yeah. Within a few weeks, had like a hundred thousand views or something like that. And I mean, it didn't go like viral. There weren't like millions of views even to this day. I don't even That's think still it's still pretty impressive. Views. But it was okay. And and then Chick Fil A corporate actually reached out to us to use it, and. And so we got so excited by that. Well, that led to other businesses reaching out to us because they thought Chick-fil-A had had contracted us to you, make right? yeah, yeah. to make this video, which was not the case at all. And so we, through that, we ended up doing a rap video for a, a frozen yogurt chain called uh, Cherry Berry. Hmm. Uh, we did a, a video for the University of Oklahoma. We did uh, we we had several others that we did and. So that's kind of what kicked off our business was we, 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 it was truly a passion, something we loved, something we just enjoyed doing. And it turned into a, a, a profit center. And then just because of that, I mean, it, uh, when you do video production, people just assume then that you're like, you're an agency, like you just do video production, <laughs> rap videos are just a part of it. And little did they know, like, that's not what we do. And, and little side note, when we were shooting the University of Oklahoma video, where we're at their student union shooting this video, getting getting the shot set up. We've got these confetti cannons that are going to fire. It's this big dance sequence. 
uh, with the mascots in there. It was, it was awesome. And there's college students all around walking around. And this one dude walks up to Rome and he's just like, dude, this looks awesome. What degree do you have to have to do that? And, <laughs> and neither Roman or I have a college degree. And so right. it was just, it was just really humorous. But uh, so people start assuming like we're an agency. And so we're being approached to do other work that, that we're just like, we're figuring it out as we go. I mean, you want to talk about shipping it. Like we literally didn't know how to write quotes, didn't know how to, I mean, we didn't have any gear. It was nothing. Right, it was nothing. Right. We didn't have an office space. We were officing out of our houses. It was crazy. And so it just led to one thing after another. And then it just kind of hit me like, you know, I think we need to have a conversation. What do we want this business to be? Because mm. this is going to get out of hand quickly. And if, if we don't set this up to be what we want it to be, we're going to be subject to what everybody else wants us to be. And, and it may just because I, <laughs> my type A driven personality, I don't like people telling me what to do. And right. so, so we, we had a conversation and we really wanted to be in control of what we do. And so that led to, well, what if we produce our own stuff? What if we make our own videos and then market them? And at the time we had, we had kind of connections in three different industries, uh, it, with jewelry stores, attorneys, and, um, uh, churches. And so we kind of started what creative sheep is in all three industries and man, the, the attorneys and the jewelry stores, which I know those seem obscure, but we had some really strong connections there. They just flopped. Both of them flopped while our church stuff just flourished and, and so, you know, we're, I, I may not be that smart, but I did know that, look, if it's not producing, we're going to kill it and we're going to go kill with it. what is. And so we just went all in on the church stuff and launched, uh, we started, there's some third party sites that we sell through. And then I began to realize we're, we're having to pay for advertising through them. And they, I mean, it's been incredible. They've given us a platform for sure. Uh, but, but we're having to pay them for advertising. And then they're also taking a huge portion of our sales. And so, man, if we can just get people to come directly to us, we're going to make more money. And so similar to you, uh, like with your blog, we just, I, I actually, I asked a guy, a uh, guy I knew about building us a site where we can do e-commerce and digital downloads. And he quoted us $15,000 for the website. And at the time we weren't, we weren't making very much. And so it was just like, man, we're not going to do that. I believe in steps and stages, our company's debt free to this day and will always be. Yeah. And we've never taken on debt to do what we do. And, uh, and so I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to find another way. And I, I just began to search and years before this, I had messed with a, it's a, a website called Shopify, yeah. um, where they've got Canadian all, company. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good people. They're really good people. Um, and, uh, it's, it's more set up for like t-shirt companies and clothing yeah. lines and things of that nature. But, uh, just did some digging and found ways to kind of manipulate it to where, uh, we were able to offer digital downloads. And so I found yeah. a couple of plugins that we could use. And for, I think at the time we were spending about a hundred bucks a month, uh, to have our website live as opposed to the 15 grand mm -hmm. to launch this. And so to me, it was just a, it was a ship it thing. Let's, let's just do it. Um, and so we did And first year, the website paid for itself. Um, and it's That's grown incredible. every year since. And so, um, and it's so, yeah. fun and it energizes you and you enjoy yes. it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. And so basically the, the premise of it is that we, we have pre-made, uh, media for churches. 
Uh, we do video and, and graphic design for churches. Uh, lately, we've been doing a lot of lyric videos uh, for churches, uh, for kids' ministries, for youth ministries, things of that nature. Um, so we do a lot of pre-made stuff, which is all available on our site at creativesheep.org, um, as well as uh, we we do custom work, which you can you can get in touch with us for that as well. We do we do work for churches all over the world, um, and that's one of the things that's blown me away, Carrie. When you, as I'm sure you've experienced with your podcast and and in your blog, is when people in Australia and Britain and and England and and Japan are using your stuff. It's just like. I don't like, I don't even understand. I don't even understand this. Like I grew up in a town of 3000 people. I don't know how you found me or my stuff, but it's just, it's incredible. And, and honestly, it, it's, it's a testament to the grace of God yeah. that when you, when you're willing to put in some work, God can do a lot with your little, it's incredible what he's willing to step in and do for us. Yeah. And it's pretty humbling too. You know, yep. when you, when you see that God actually uses something that you poured your heart into and he's using it for good. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's great. So you said like everybody should have this. Yeah. Do you think there are some people who are like, nah, I'm just not that? You know, I answered recently on my podcast like a B type, you know, somebody says, I'm a B type leader. I don't know. Should I be that driven? What what would you say to that? You know, I it's tough because I am type A. I'm very driven. Um, Me too. I'm just wired that way. I, I didn't make myself do this. However, I can't help myself. If you right, fired me right. from everything, I would just start over again yep. in something new. Yep. And that has happened to me. That has happened to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'm the same way. So it's hard for me to speak from any viewpoint other than my own. But I do know that we can, uh, I, I saw this post the other day um, that stewardship is just doing as much as we can with what God's given us. And yep. I just I agree think with that. I just think that I just think that everybody has something. You have a you have value you can bring to other people in some form or and, fashion. And maybe it doesn't pay money. You yeah, know, I've been terrible at the monetization of the blog and the podcast yep. in the early years. It's like people kept saying to me, "When are you going to monetize?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just really enjoying this and right. having fun." And you build trust and a relationship with your listeners. And now, obviously, we have sponsors for the podcast yep. and so on because there are costs and. You know, hopefully it provides and the whole deal. But at the end of the day, you know, it could just be mentoring somebody for free that you do, or it yep. could be, you know, what your volunteers do. In some ways, that's their sixth day, Absolutely. right? When you're a communicator at Church on the Move or at your new church where you're going. And so I totally agree with that. I, the, the parable that haunts me, probably others should haunt me more, but that whole parable of the talents is yep. like almost a life parable for me. And, you know, I don't think I'm a five talent steward, but if I got entrusted with two or with one, my job is to put it to work and try to produce a couple more. Yeah. You know, as many as I can. And yep. when, when I'm not breathing, I'll stop. Yep. And you know, I hope that people are inspired by, by that. And I hope people are inspired by your podcast. I hope they're inspired by your blog, not just the words you write, but what you're doing, the heart behind it for them to go do well, the same thing. Um, you know, the the other thing, and i sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you no, know, the ahead. other thing that's really different, Jared, and uh, I think we've got a bit of a gap in our ages, but like what your generation kind of knows that people a little bit older sometimes forget is that the world is now flat. Like I didn't need any broadcaster to start a podcast. Right. I didn't have to go to CBS, NBC, ABC, 
you know, big radio stations or in Canada, CBC Global, CTV, and say, hey, can I use your multi-million dollars of equipment to, you yep. know, start this thing and buy airtime? It's like, eh, nope. Uh, it's just like I listened to Pat Flynn and and Cliff Ravenscraft, and I ordered a little bit of gear under a thousand dollars actually, yep. and started a podcast. It's just not that hard. The no. world is flat, and you either get an audience or you don't. And that's that's the thing with this. We made so many mistakes when we started our podcast. Um, yeah. We started out. We would we went to a, a friend of ours has an audio studio here in town. And we were recording through them because I didn't know how to record a phone interview. And I didn't right. know about Pat Flynn at the time. And so we were spending way more than we needed to. And then come to find out, uh, Google, through Google Voice, which is a free app that you can use, you can record phone conversations for free through that. Wow. Um, and so we did that for a little while. And it's not the best because the 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 sound recording is not the right bit rate or whatever. And I don't even understand that stuff. Right. Um, but uh, but it was able to get us to where we are, to where now we actually have some decent gear for our podcast. But at that, I mean, we were we were paying, I don't even remember exactly how much, but I ended up, there was a $100 piece of gear that I bought um, that allows me to record a phone conversation now. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, it's so simple to get out there and get started. And Google and YouTube should be your best friend. Um, like you said, follow totally. Pat Flynn, follow Gary Vaynerchuk. There's an app out there now called... Uh, uh, Anchor, um, where you can record up to two minutes. You can record your own podcast. It's a mini podcast app is what cool. it is. Get on there and use that. Find a way with the iPhone now. Um, it's right. so easy to record. Just just set it down and record the conversation. There, there's no reason why you can't do this. Tara Powell showed me this new app called Ringer, R-I-N-G-R. Yeah. That apparently records your voice perfectly and equalizes it. And for me... I still use Skype. Uh, everybody's got a Skype account that they never mm -hmm. use. I only use it for this. <laughs> yeah. But there's a little $29.99 plugin called Ecamm Recorder. Everything you've heard, with very few exceptions, unless it's a live interview, is a $30 plugin. And wow. it works. It works. You know? And yep. so, I mean, I think, and I, I say all that to say this I think, Jared, a lot of people have all these excuses. I don't have the gear, I don't have a studio, I don't have a background. I don't know what to do. Um, fortunately, the internet has taken all those excuses away. And if you've yep. just got a little bit of drive and you invest a tiny little bit in quality and really focus on the content, um, you can find an audience. You can build an audience. And, yep. you know, it's, it's amazing uh, to see the world we live in. I personally find it very, very exciting to be able to connect with as many people as we have the privilege of connecting with. Absolutely. And, I, man, it's so... That's the thing. It's just start and stay faithful. Like mm -hmm. literally, you look at David in the Bible. The dude just showed up. He kept getting promoted because he just showed up. Yeah. He would he wouldn't leave. And so um I, I would just encourage you to do the same. That's why my my podcast was kind of fledgling for a while. And it was because we weren't consistent. When we finally got consistent, that's when we started seeing like real growth. Um, yeah, so you've got the Creative growth. Sheep website and you've yeah. got a podcast too where you interview. I was a guest on your podcast. Yeah. You interview other um, top leaders in the church. It's a great podcast. We'll link to it in the show notes. I appreciate that. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. So, all right. Well, our time is almost up today, but yeah. uh, here's a random question for you. What's one question you wish someone had asked oh. you that no one has ever asked you? Man, that is a, that is a good question. I, I don't know if I know the answer to that one. Um, 
the best, the biggest piece of advice I love giving people is just start, just start. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had because I've had a, a very small amount of success with some of these side projects. I have people come talk to me from time to time of how do you do this? What do you, where do you start? What do you do once you get going? Things like that. And uh, a friend of mine wanted to start a window cleaning business a while back and we'd had multiple conversations. And then finally one night I was like, all right, we're going to Walmart right now. This may not even be the stuff you use for the rest of your life. We're going right now and you're buying the stuff to start right now. Enough is enough. Just, just start. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's my favorite piece of advice to give people is like, what's the worst that are you going to die fr- from, from this? Like, it's highly unlikely. You might lose a little bit of money, but you're going to learn. Uh, I interviewed Matt McKee the other day on my podcast and that's when yeah. he's like, that's, that's tuition. That's not a loss. It's tuition. You're learning from those losses. And I've had plenty of those, plenty of lost money, lost time, lost effort and energy but I'm not going to stop starting. Like you said, I'm not, I'm just not going to stop. And that's exactly who Matt is. He's a serial yeah, entrepreneur. Exactly. So whether that's at, here at a church and, and changing the, the landscape of our, our volunteers and allowing people to communicate and more people to sing and get involved in production or an entrepreneurial venture, whatever the case may be, the, the, the biggest piece of advice I love to give people, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old is just start. It's never too late. Until you stop breathing, it is never too late. But start. Get going. Ecclesiastes mm. says it. There's nothing, there's, or yeah, there's never a perfect time for anything. So mm-hmm. just start. Just go. Just do something. Because it's unbelievable how much God will do with our little. It's incredible. <laughs> I love that. Jared, where can people find you online? You know, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on the social media, as they say. Uh, you can find me at Jared A. Hogue. Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think I'm on Snapchat, but I don't really use it. But all of them are Jared right. A. Hogue. Um, or you can email me. Uh, you can email me Jared at creativesheep.org. That's J-A-R-E-D at creativesheep.org. Cool. Well, and uh, we'll link to everything in the show notes. Jared, thanks for being with us today. I really appreciate it. What an honor. Thank you, Carrie. Well, that was a great conversation. And you can get all the information that we talked about in there, all the links and so on in the show notes. Just go to kerryneuhoff.com slash episode 120. Hey, we are back for a brand new year next year. Are you ready? I'm so excited. We got a lot of episodes already lined up. And I'm going to kick it off with James Emery White. And a lot of you know that name. If you don't, you're in for a treat. We are going to talk about Generation Z. This was Zed for my Canadian listeners, okay? Generation Z. This was a fascinating conversation. This is the generation that's coming after the millennials. And I think some of what James has to share, Jim, is going to blow your mind. I I love that conversation. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do that. Also, next Monday, we've got episode three of the Canadian Church Leaders podcast coming down the pipe. That's a separate podcast. You can find that on iTunes. You can either search my name or just the Canadian Church Leaders podcast. It's also on Google Play. And uh, we've also got uh, one of my favorite books the last five years is Essentialism. And the author, Greg McEwen, is going to be on the second episode of 2017. So good incentive to subscribe if you haven't done that. If you've got some time on the holidays, leave a rating and review. And remember that the High Impact Leader is available for a couple more days only at the early bird rate. I would love for you to have a brand new year. This is what I think of it. Get your life back. Get your leadership back. Learn how to leverage time, 
energy and priorities in your favor in 2017. If you want to have a radically different year, this is a course you can do at your own pace, 10 videos, 10 workbook sessions, and then 10 really practical personal exercises that will help you customize the principles to your schedule, your life, your job, your rhythm. I hope it'll help you. The High Impact Leader is available this week until Thursday, the 29th at the super early bird rate. Then it's going to go away again. And uh, you can get it at thehighimpactleader.com. Thanks so much for listening, man. I hope you enjoy the rest of of your holidays, however long or short they are. We are back. Oh, 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 one more thing. One more thing. And this is for all of you who listen to the very end. I have a special New Year's Day podcast coming out. And you know what we're celebrating? Two million downloads. That's right. You guys are crazy. We had two million downloads. Wow. And so I've got uh, an Ask Carrie coming out on New Year's Day. Yes, I know it's a Sunday. But if you subscribe, you'll get it automatically. You can listen whenever you want. And we are going to answer your questions, your leadership questions for about 45 minutes. It's going to be great. I'm really excited to tackle the questions that you've got. It's a way of saying thanks. And I've got a contest to kick off 2017 details are in the bonus episode. So again, subscribers, you're going to get that. And it's free, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. So I'll see you on the first. I'll see you on the second for the Canadian Church Leaders Podcast. And then we're back on January 3rd, with the regular Tuesday edition of this. So yeah, we've been busy over the holidays. Isn't that crazy? Hey, we'll see you soon. And I hope our time together today has helped you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, change, and personal growth to help you lead like never before.